The Biden administration cuts off monoclonal antibody supply to Florida, citing equity. The media continue to push COVID panic for kids, and Joe Biden's approval ratings have fallen off a cliff. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. For peace of mind, whenever you go online, visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. And by the way, Now's a good time to remind you, expressvpn.com is great. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network in cafes, hotels, airports, etc., your online data is not secure. Any hacker on the same network can gain access to and steal your personal data, passwords, financial details, you name it. And today, it doesn't take advanced technical knowledge to hack somebody. Just some cheap hardware is necessary. A smart 12-year-old could do it. That's why I recommend ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet, so hackers cannot steal your sensitive data. Not only is it incredibly secure, it is also super easy to use. I know this because I downloaded it on my phone. I downloaded it on my computer. That took one click. It took like a minute to download. And then I hit the button and I am good to go. I am now protected from prying eyes. ExpressVPN works on phones, laptops, tablets, all your devices so you can stay secure on the go. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Ben. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben. You can get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Expressvpn.com slash Ben. Alrighty. So the big news of the day is that Joe Biden has basically decided that remember all that monoclonal antibody stuff that Ron DeSantis was talking about and members of the media were suggesting that he was just sort of making it up. Why aren't you focusing on vaccines? And the answer was he was focusing on vaccines. And then for people who did not take the vaccine or for people who got a serious breakthrough infection or for people who would not take the vaccine, it is very good to have monoclonal antibodies on hand because they are a very effective treatment from Regeneron. So the media immediately shifted into anti-DeSantis mode, which meant that we were all blowing monoclonal antibodies out of proportion. We really should, you know, it's really not a, a thing. Why are we focusing on this thing? And not only that, Ron DeSantis is probably doing this because he might own stock in Regeneron or one of his donors owns stock in Regeneron. It's probably all about that. Well, now it turns out, of course, that Ron DeSantis was correct because as he has throughout this pandemic, Ron DeSantis has been following the science. And so he ordered a lot of monoclonal antibody treatment because Florida had a really big spike, you may have noticed, this summer. And the treatments that were available included monoclonal antibodies. Well, now the Biden administration has stepped in and they've said, OK, we're no longer going to allow states to simply order monoclonal antibody treatments. Now we're going to federalize the process and in the process, remove doses from places like Florida, which is pretty obviously a revenge play by the Biden administration against states like Florida and like Texas, because the idea is that they're going to what? Pick up doses and then not send them where they're most needed. See, here's the thing about the market, especially when you have states who are competing to get a limited supply of a good. The states that have greater need of the good are generally willing to pay more. These states like Florida that were in dire circumstances should pay money where states like New York were not. And if New York spikes, then New York presumably will want to buy a lot of monoclonal antibody treatments. If states like Vermont, which, by the way, is 88 percent of adults in Vermont are now vaxxed and they have their all time high in Delta infections because Delta is infectious and herd immunity seems not to be really a thing when it comes to Delta. If Vermont wants monoclonal antibodies, they should go out and get monoclonal antibodies. But the Biden administration has decided, and it is obvious what they're doing, that they seek to deprive. I mean, at this point, they are basically just rationing medical care. So Breitbart has a very good report on this from Hannah Blow. The Biden administration this week slashed the doses of life-saving coronavirus antibody treatment to Florida, giving the state less than half of what it is of what is needed for a routine week, prioritizing what they called equitable distribution. Aha, equitable, not need-based, equitable. Now, You'll remember that in the public health context, the Biden administration, when they use the term equity, what they really mean is we're not going to give this treatment to the people who need it most. We're going to give it to the people we want to have it most. So they did this first when they proposed the CDC that they were going to tranche out vaccines, not by age, which is the number one complicating factor for COVID, but instead by race. Remember, they suggested they were going to give a disproportionate number of the vaccines to black Americans, not to elderly Americans, which made no sense because the actual absolute number of black Americans who would then die would be higher. Because again, if you have a certain number of black Americans who are in the plus 65 crowd, those folks are much more likely to die than the 20-year-old black Americans. The, the CDC didn't care. They were going to try and give a lot of doses to people who are 20 and not a lot of doses to people who are 65. And then there was public outcry and blowback and the CDC revised its own standards. Whenever they say equity, what they mean is we are not going to actually triage this situation and get the doses where they are most necessary. Instead, we are going to simply focus in on who are our political constituencies and how do we get them what they want. 
The Biden administration this week began to cut the distribution of monoclonal antibodies to red states like Florida and Alabama, contending those states, including Texas, Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, and Louisiana, are comprising too big a share of the supply in recent weeks, 70%. Okay, well, shouldn't we actually determine the supply by where the hospitalizations and deaths are occurring? Wouldn't that be the way that you normally do this? It's sort of like saying that you have a, a heavy urban area and a lot of rural areas, and there are a lot of car accidents in the heavy urban area, but we only have a certain number of doctors who are available for car crashes. And we know that in the rural areas, you know, th- those people are our voters. What if we just send all the doctors for the car crashes out to the rural areas, which have fewer per capita car crashes? And those people in the, in the cities, I mean, they chose to live there. So if they get in a car crash, really kind of their problem, right? A spokesperson for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services said HHS will determine the amount of product each state and territory receives on a weekly basis. State and territorial health departments will subsequently identify sites that will receive product and how much, the official continued, claiming the system will, quote, help maintain equitable distribution, both geographically and temporally across the country, providing states and territories with consistent, fairly distributed supply over the coming weeks. And all of the ambiguity lives in that word, fairly. Because again, normally you don't have to worry about what's fair. You just have to worry about who's sick. As soon as you substitute the word fair for ill in that particular sentence, you have decided that the ill don't matter. All that matters to you is your political priority. Right? Instead, it should be that the geographic and temporal distribution should be rooted in who is ill. But again, they don't care about that. They care about the politics. Governor Ron DeSantis, of course, is cracking back against the Biden administration. By the way, this, this just demonstrates the lie. Okay, so first of all, you'll go back like a week and a half. Joe Biden is yelling at the unvaccinated. And one of the things he says in his speech yelling at the unvaccinated is we're going to radically ramp up the amount of monoclonal antibody available to people unless you happen to live in a red state, in which case you're screwed. We're increasing the availability of new medicines recommended by real doctors, not conspiracy, conspiracy theorists. The monoclonal antibody treatments have been shown to reduce the risk of hospitalization by up to 70% for unvaccinated people at risk of developing severe severe disease. We've already distributed 1.4 million courses of these treatments to save lives and reduce the strain on hospitals. So there he was like a week and a half ago talking about how important it is to distribute these monoclonal antibody treatments, right? It's super important to distribute these things. And then he's like, what if we just shifted the way we distribute these things so that the people who are sickest don't get them and people in blue states too. If Donald Trump had done this, you know what the reaction would be. In fact, there were rumors early on, remember? There were, there were all these rumors that Jared Kushner had said, those blue states, they don't need their ventilators. Now that never happened, right? The blue states got their ventilators. But Joe Biden's actually doing it. Everything they accuse Trump of doing, Biden actually does and the media cheer like the good little seal, seals that they are. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about a simple fact. Life is unexpected, so you need life insurance. Like, let, let's say that one day you just decide you're going to paint a tunnel on a rock because you want to catch a roadrunner and the roadrunner just sails right through the tunnel. You follow him, bam, you knock right into the rock. And as you concuss yourself and you lie on the floor dying, you think to yourself, man, I really should have listened to Shapiro and gotten life insurance via Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save 1300 bucks or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius thousands of five-star reviews across Trustpilot and Google. And eligible applicants can get covered in as little as a week thanks to an award-winning policy option that swaps the standard medical exam requirement for a simple phone call. This exclusive policy was recently rated number one by Forbes Advisor. It's higher than options from Ladder, Ethos, and Bestow. Getting started is simple. First, you head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. In minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price when you're ready to apply. Policy Genius handles all the rest. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice and quite important to get it right. Okay, so according to Breitbart, the feds have now delivered less than half of the necessary doses to Florida this week. According to CBS 12, they sent 30,950 doses, according to numbers from the governor's office and confirmed by the Department of Health. Normally, the state needs about 72,000 doses a week to meet the current needs on the ground. Christina Pushaw, the press secretary for DeSantis, blasted the Biden administration's move, suggested, quote, every corporate media outlet that publishes sensational stories about overflowing hospitals in the South should first demand answers from the Biden administration about why they are restricting the supply of life-saving COVID treatment to the South. 
She said supply of monoclonal antibody treatment to Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Texas, and other southern states restricted by the Biden administration with no real explanation besides equity. How is it equitable to only send treatment for half the Floridians who need it and no state sites in Alabama? So Ron DeSantis slammed Joe Biden over all of this as well. He should. Here was DeSantis. Uh, We are very, very concerned uh, with the Biden administration and the HHS's recent abrupt, sudden announcement that they are going to dramatically cut the number of monoclonal antibodies uh, that are going to be sent to the state of Florida. We think it'll make a difference in these other states, but man, to just kind of pull the rug out from anyone a week after the president himself said they were going to be increasing the distributions by 50%, uh, it's very, very problematic. It is very problematic. And if you look at the timeline, when he says it's abrupt, it is absolutely abrupt. Phil Kirpin over at the Washington Examiner, he has an entire timeline demonstrating that until like five seconds ago, there was an actual guarantee to Florida that they were going to get a certain number of doses. And then everything just switched. Right. As of September 9th, President Biden announced his path out of the pandemic, a six pronged comprehensive national strategy to combat COVID-19. And he announced that they would increase the average weekly pace of shipments of free monoclonal antibody treatment to states by a further 50% in September. And then September 13th, HHS announced they were taking complete control and doing weekly distributions for all states and territories. That same day, that afternoon, the Federal Department of Health communicated to the Florida Department of Health, rather, communicated to HHS the weekly need for just the 25 state-run sites of about 36,000 doses. When HHS mentioned the state receiving the order for all state sites and distributing, The Florida Department of Health specifically asked if such a shift would apply to all facilities in the state providing treatment. HHS said this was not the case and did not provide any indication of any upcoming limitation to supply. And then the very next day, they sent an email to all stakeholders indicating a shift to an allocation strategy had occurred that day. And they were contradicting what they had just told the Florida Department of Health. This is obviously and eminently political. And what is this really about? This is really about Joe Biden and the Biden administration determining that if you are in a Southern state, you do not deserve the vaccine. This is purely political because let's be real about this. There are major population centers in the United States where there's huge levels of vaccine refusal. I'm specifically talking here about black constituencies across the United States, huge levels of vaccine refusal and on par or more than quote unquote Trump supporters. And I'm not seeing any talk whatsoever about denying treatment to people based on that. So if the basic idea is that you get COVID because you decided you didn't want to get a vaccine, and then the federal government says, okay, well, you're on your own because you did that, then that should theoretically be equally applied. Otherwise, what's the excuse? Really, what's the excuse? So the so Biden himself says, well, it's about Texas and Florida refusing, quote unquote, life-saving measures. What are these supposed life-saving measures? Things like mask mandates. Now, again, mask mandates have been tried in nearly every state in the union. There's very little evidence that mask mandates have done a damn bit of good. When people are scared of the virus, they put on a mask. When they are not scared of the virus, they don't put on the mask, which is why you see in every state, including New York and California, that after a mask mandate is put in place, usually what happens, there's a big spike. The spike starts to decline. And then a government actor being late on the ball, as always, says mask mandate. And then the the spike continues to decline. We're on the other side of the of the of the arithmetic curve, right? We're on the other side of the curve already. And they say, well, it was because of this. Right? So the curve looks like this. And then mask mandate comes in here and then it just continues to decline. And then three months later, there's a big spike. And where was your mask mandate? Well, very often it was still in place. This is happening all over the place. So he thinks mask mandates are the solution. Or he thinks that forcing businesses to vaccine mandate is going to make this sort of stuff happen. When the reality is, I mean, I'm talking to people every single day who are vaccine hesitant, and all that his vaccine mandate nonsense has done is push these people into a harder position. They've hardened their positions. It's now made them more ideologically prone to not only refusing the vaccines, but saying, I'm happy to lose my job. You've turned what was a health decision into a liberty decision for a lot of people, and people are going to double down on what I think is a bad decision with regard to vaccines, but an understandable one with regard to liberty. But here's Joe Biden basically saying, you don't deserve to get monoclonal antibody treatment. I mean, that's really what this is about. If you don't do what I want you to do on mask mandates in schools, for example, or if you don't do what I want you to do with regard to vaccine mandates for employers. Now, really, if you were about getting the vaccinated vaccinated and denying them treatment, then there should be a simple, a simple policy, right? It would be a vicious and cruel policy, which is why he doesn't want to do it out loud, but he's just doing it by state. 
and trying to focus in on red states. But if the simple, quote unquote, moral policy here is you don't get vaccinated, you get the disease, you're on your own. That should equally apply across states, should it not? But it's not. Here is Biden. But we're facing a lot of pushback, especially from some of the Republican governors. The governors of Florida and Texas are doing everything they can to undermine the life-saving requirements that I proposed. This is the worst kind of politics because it's putting the lives of citizens of their states, especially children, at risk. And I refuse to give in to it. Okay, again, this sort of tyranny from the federal government that Ron DeSantis is the actual tyrant because he refuses to force businesses to mandate that people have vaccines. So Ron DeSantis says, you're allowed to be free. Make your own call. In the state of Florida, by the way, if you're a business and you want a vaccine mandate, you can still do that. You actually can. So Ron DeSantis says that. And Joe Biden's like, he's the tyrant and it's his fault. So I'm now going to deprive you of the treatment you need. In nowhere else in healthcare, nowhere else in the healthcare field do we do anything like this. It just does not exist. This notion that if you did not take measures to protect yourself and then you get hurt or you get sick, we are going to deny you treatment that does not exist in the healthcare field. My wife, the doctor, heard about this and she said, what in the world is this? What in the world is this notion that if somebody did not take measures to protect themselves and then they got hurt, that the medical establishment is supposed to refuse them treatment as opposed to triaging by level of risk to them, level of risk to their health, right? Well, this doesn't exist in, like, if you're in a car crash and you weren't wearing a seatbelt and they bring you into the hospital, does anybody go, oh, this, this jackass wasn't wearing a seatbelt because he gets what he deserves. And, you know, he's got some pressure on from a hematoma in his skull, but we're just going to let that go and just let that brain, ble- that, that brain bleed continue. No one does this. Okay, but, but Joe Biden is pretty openly doing this. He's punishing states that don't do what he wants by centralizing monoclonal antibody treatment distribution. When the state of Florida was basically doing it on its own already, the state of Florida was already like, we're getting the doses, guys. The Biden administration says the restrictions are in place to ensure every state can obtain enough of the drug. Florida got about 30,000 doses in the last week. Texas ranked second. The, the goal here really is that he's trying to cut off DeSantis at the knees. Because here's the nice thing for him, Joe Biden. If things get worse in, in Florida, which they're not, things are much better in Florida. The, the strain on the hospital system has been relieved. You can see every single curve, including hospitalization and death in Florida is now down. So we have hit the other side of the curve. We did a couple of weeks ago in Florida. The next curve is likely, the next big spike is likely to be Midwestern and Northeastern. Okay, but the goal here for Biden is if more people die in Florida, then he doesn't have to worry about running against DeSantis in Florida. It's so overtly political. It's insane. By the way, this has been the, the shtick all throughout the pandemic. Every death that happened under Trump was Trump's fault. Every death that happens under Biden is governor's fault. That's the way this magic happens, according to the media. Biden tweeted something similar. Here is Joe Biden's tweet yesterday. He tweeted out, Republican governors in states like Texas and Florida are doing everything they can to undermine the public health requirements that keep people safe. Really? Because uh, the rates of vaccination, particularly for the elderly in Florida, stack up pretty well against virtually all other major states in the United States. What What are these measures to undermine public health requirements, keeping people safe, forcing people to mask up post-vaccination, forcing children to mask up sans any evidence, forcing employers to fire people and take the food off their table if they don't want to get the vaccine. He says they're playing politics with the lives of their citizens, especially children. I refuse to give into it, especially children. The f- is he talking about? I've got three kids. His kids are all grown. You think I'm playing politics with my kids? I care about my kids a hell of a lot more than Joe Biden does. And I care about my kids enough to know that my five-year-old should not be forced to wear a mask and eat outside on the pavement every damn day. But apparently, I just want to risk the life of my kids, according to Joe Biden. Really incredible stuff. We'll get to more of this in just one second, because, again, it comes down to if you oppose Joe Biden, you are bad. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to cite science. He doesn't have to cite data. Nothing. All he has to do is say that you are at fault if you wish to live free and make decent health decisions for your family. And then if you get sick. He's going to remove the measures that are available for every other human being, but you don't get it because you refuse to follow his dictates. It's tyrannical garbage. Get to more of this in one second. First, let us talk about a simple fact, and that is that you need a better night's sleep. Sleep matters an awful lot, and this is why I rely heavily on my Helix Sleep Mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattresses great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. 
So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress you're matched to, the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. They've got a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Just head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben for 200 bucks off your mattress order and two free pillows for our listeners. Okay, so the White House is basically admitting what they are doing. So Jen Psaki was asked about this. She says, we're not restricting supply. We're just, you know, restricting supply. Over the last month, given the rise in cases due to the Delta variant and the lower number of vaccination rates in some of these states, like Florida, like Texas, just seven states are making up 70 percent of the orders. Our supply is not unlimited, and we believe it should be equitable across uh, states across the country. Do you- there have been no reports of a, a, a lack of supply, so why cut them to those states only if there's no reports I think of a- our role as the, as the government overseeing the entire country is to be equitable in how we distribute. We're not going to give a greater percentage to Florida over Oklahoma, nor do I think are you suggesting that. Okay, that's, that's insane. And the, the dismissive nastiness of Jen Psaki really is pretty extraordinary. I mean, that she's dismissing people dying in hospitals. That's what she's doing right there. Okay, she's say, it, sounds all, it sounds all equitable, equitable, equitable. If you say equitable over and over enough, then three times and it appears like Beetlejuice. Okay, equity just appears. There's only one problem. You don't tranch out treatments by percentage of population. You do it by who has the cases. There's not an ER on planet Earth that would handle this the way that the federal government is handling this. And it is done purely out of spite. That's all this is. And it's spite for a particular population, namely people they perceive to be Trump supporters. That is what they are doing. And how do I know that it's about Trump supporters and not mere vaccine hesitancy? Because that is perfectly obvious. They are not equally angry at all people who are hesitant to take the vaccine. Depending on who you are, the White House will be your very bestie. They will call you up. They'll try to massage you into getting the vaccine. Only if you're a White House supporter. If, however, you oppose Joe Biden, then go ahead and die, sucker, as Jimmy Kimmel might put it. Okay, so how do I know this? Because you'll recall that last week there was a fascinating little tete-a-tete between Nicki Minaj and Joy Reid, in which Nicki Minaj tweeted out a bizarre story about her cousin's friend in Trinidad having swollen testicles and impotence because of the vaccine, which, of course, is silly. There's no scientific evidence that that the vaccine causes swollen testicles or impotence. that, that That is a very silly contention. But then Joy Reid sounded off and she went after Nicki Minaj and Nicki Minaj said that that she was going after her because of her race and it was all very entertaining. Now, let's assume for a second that the person who had tweeted this out was not a famous rap artist, most famous for shaking her posterior and being a Democrat. Let's let's say for a second that this had been a country Western star who had said, my cousin down in Alabama got swollen balls from the vaccine. Do you think the White House would have reached out? What do you think? Or do you think it would have earned extraordinary mockery from the White House? I, I, I have a feeling I know which way this would go. Right? If somebody on the right had said something as bizarre and stupid as Nicki Minaj, the White House would have said this is bizarre and stupid and inexcusable because this person has millions and millions of followers. Instead, you get from the White House, yeah, we called up Nicki Minaj. We're trying to talk to Nicki Minaj. Okay, the reason for that is not because of her millions of followers, because again, it depends on who's saying the thing. The reason they are doing this is because Nicki Minaj, they believe, is on their political side of the aisle. So they will give her a lot more credibility and they will try to talk her into it and they'll be sweet and nice. Now, here's the thing. They should be nice and they should be trying to talk people into it regardless of your political position. As I've said a thousand times, I have individually on a one-to-one level tried to talk probably 100 people into taking the vaccine. And I've been successful maybe 25, 30% of the time. It doesn't matter. You still have to talk to people on an individual level. The White House doesn't do that. If you're from Florida, go ahead and die, sucker. And if you're Nicki Minaj, we're going to call you up and try and We're going to try and we're going to spend an hour explaining to you the data behind vaccinations and ball swelling. Here is uh, here is Jen Psaki doing this. It's unreal. 
we offered a call uh, with Nikki Minaj uh, and one of our doctors to answer questions she had about the safety and effectiveness of the vaccine. Uh, this is pretty standard and something we do all the time. It was a very early stage call at a staff level, staff to staff, um, and we weren't even at the point of discussing, or we're not even at the point of discussing, I should say at this point, um, the mechanisms or the format or anything along those lines. It was simply an offer to have a conversation and uh, an early stage call. Look how sweet they are to Nicki Minaj. Look how sweet they are to particular people who are vaccine hesitant or promoting overt vaccine misinformation like Nicki Minaj did. Look how sweet they're being. However, if Nicki Minaj were a white guy in Florida who refused to take the vaccine and then got sick and needed monoclonal antibody treatment, then, well, you know, equity suggests that we have to send this dose to a place that doesn't need it because there are no shortages currently in any of these other states, as Jen Psaki overtly admitted. This is just about spite. And it's about ire, and it's about nastiness, and it's about people dying, and they don't care. This administration is a bleep show. It is a highly political bleep show. Again, Jared Kushner was raked over the coals for the suggestion that he was branching out ventilators, which, by the way, have turned out to be one of the worst things for COVID. But he was ripped up and down for the suggestion that was never verified that he was tranching out ventilators by political preference of states. That wasn't true. He didn't do it. Didn't matter. He was ripped up and down for it, right? He was a bad man. The White House does it openly openly in front of the press. And everybody's like, well, you know, that's just the way it goes. I mean, Ron DeSantis is a pretty bad guy. Meanwhile, uh, what is all of this really driven by? All of this is driven by a desire to pin the policy failures of this administration on the unvaccinated. The idea is we can never go back to normal until we force everybody to do what we want. And here's the thing, we can. You know how I know that? I live in a state that did. Many states have done this. Many states have, this is particularly true for the vaccinated. If you are vaccinated, this is driving me up, up a damned wall. If you're vaccinated, you're safe. Stop it. Stop it. Everybody is yelling at the unvaccinated. And I understand if you're unvaccinated and you have any sort of pre-existing condition, and if you don't have a pre-existing condition, your chances of a side effect from the vaccine, if you are above the age of 18, are, are significantly lower than your chances of a side effect from the actual COVID itself. The natural immunity you get from COVID is going to be more durable than vaccine, but the chances of you getting super sick from a vaccine are a lot lower than the chances of you getting super sick from COVID. And that's the stat. Now, I understand a lot of people being peeved at the, at the unvaccinated, particularly the unvaccinated who've not already had COVID. If you if you've, if you've already had COVID and people are mad at you, I, I, I don't know what to say. Those people are idiots. If you've already had COVID and the notion is you must get vaccinated, regardless of whether you have antibodies or T-cell memory, those people are not following the science. But there's a, Joe Biden is trying to drive up ire at the unvaccinated. Let me just say this to the vaccinated. You're vaccinated. You're protected. Stop this bullshit. Seriously, I know people who are like double, triple vaxxed, have had the boosters, and they're still like, I can't go anywhere near anybody. I can't. I can't go anywhere near anyone. I can't. You, know, you have to test before we meet. Stop it. You're being paranoid. At a certain point, somebody's going to have to dose you on the reality. And the reality is this disease does not kill a huge number of people per thousand, not compared to smallpox, which is a serious disease that killed one third of the population. It is more serious than the flu. Once you've had the vaccine, it is significantly less serious than the flu. This vaccine is a... Why am I the only person who is telling the vaccinated to stop whining? You are now protected. I'm vaccinated. My parents are vaccinated. I am not afraid for them. I'm not. And honest to God, you know who else I am not afraid for? I'm not afraid for my kids. And the reason I'm not afraid for my kids is because I'm looking at the statistics. The media don't want you to look at the stats. They want to focus in on anecdotal evidence. Every day in the media, there's an article about how, how kids are at significant risk. Kids are going to die. And then you wait for them to cite stats. And there aren't any stats. There's a piece in the Washington Post that says parenting a child under 12 in the age of Delta. It's like a fire alarm every day. No, it's not. I have three children under the age of 12. You know what would happen if somebody in their class got Delta? Nothing. I'd send them to school the next day because I'm not crazy. But you've driven everybody nuts. The media, the Biden administration, they've driven the vaccinated nuts. I may think it's nutty for a 65-year-old person not to get the vaccine. In fact, I do think it's pretty nutty for a 65-year-old person not to get the vaccine if they've not already had COVID. I think that is bad risk assessment. I think it is similarly nutty, maybe even more nutty to once you have had the vaccine, spend the rest of your life hiding in a bubble and demanding that the rest of the world cater to you. This is nuts. Stop it. Just stop. 
Okay, I'm going to read you from this Washington Post article in a second because it's just an incredible example of how the media are garbage at this. They are garbage. They've scared people into unrational, unreasoning, tyrant following position. That's all this is at this point. Because you can get back. People keep saying, when do we get to go back to normal? Are you vaccinated? The answer is now. And by the way, if you're unvaccinated, you can go back to normal too. You're just going to have to bear the consequences of that because that's called freedom. It's more of this in a second. First, the lockdowns of the last year and a half They've created a pent-up demand for places like gyms, nail salons, hotels. All of them are on an epic hiring spree to accommodate this surge of business. So where do these businesses turn to fill these roles fast? They turn to ZipRecruiter right now. You can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, they send your job to over 100 top job sites, giving you access to their network of millions of job seekers. ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans resumes to find qualified candidates for your open roles and then proactively presents them to you. You can easily review recommended candidates, invite your top choices to apply for your job. That encourages them to apply faster. According to ZipRecruiter internal data, jobs where employers invite candidates to apply get two and a half times more candidates. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter. It's magic. Try it for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire for your free trial. Okay, so when I talk about the media trying to scare the hell out of you, this Washington Post piece, parenting a child under 12 in the age of Delta, it's like a fire alarm every day. Routine outings become tricky decisions for the youngest Americans who are still ineligible for coronavirus vaccines. No, no, actually, no. Actually, no. Again, I care about my kids a lot more than the Washington Post does. I don't want my five-year-old and seven-year-old to have to mask for the rest of their lives for a disease that by infection fatality rate is less deadly than the flu. My answer to this is no. And if you're living like this, I don't know what to tell you. You're crazy. You're being crazy. You're being paranoid and crazy. How do I know? Because the Washington Post can't cite a single damned statistic in the entire piece. Quote, Greg Otto conducts risk assessment for a living, but the cybersecurity consultant from Springfield never imagined he'd have to do one every time his daughter, six, and son, four, stepped outside the boundaries of their home. Playing with next-door neighbors outdoors, acceptable. School, necessary. Eating out, no way. Dance classes where everyone's masked and that were prepaid in June when the outlook for coronavirus infection seemed more optimistic, on the fence. This is insanity, said Otto, 37. No, you are being insane, Otto. He says, parenting a child under 12 can be maddening and scary during normal times, but the Delta variant has taken things to a new level. With a vaccine for children aged 5 to 11 unlikely to be approved for at least a few more months, parents of young children are weighing a dizzying array of variables every day as they try to navigate the risks of COVID against the mental health and physical consequences of social isolation and their own livelihood. Brianna Contreras, 33, an intellectual property attorney whose children are 6, 3, and 20 months, said she and her husband, an engineer at Los Alamos National Lab, made the difficult decision to put all three of their kids in school or daycare because of their demanding jobs. But she second-guesses second the choice every day. I feel like we're constantly reacting, said Contreras. There's not enough time to be proactive. It's like a fire alarm every day. In Crofton, Maryland, Lisa Dykes, a graphic designer and mother of two aged 7 and 11, has been thinking a lot about a cartoon she recently saw that featured a parent staring at a vast ocean. She, re she recalled that it said something like, only 1% of the children are going to get eaten by the shark. It's fine. But it's not 1% of the children. That's incorrect. Okay, if 1% of kids were dying from COVID after having gotten COVID, then we'd be, then we'd be still socially isolating. That's not the statistic. Out of 73 million, Amer 73 million Americans in the United States under the age of 18, according to the CDC, last I checked, which was three days ago, 412 deaths, 412. That is not one in 100. That's 73 million divided by 412, which is one in every 177,184 people under the age of 18. What in the hell are you talking about? Dykes, 48, said the continued reassurances by health officials and experts that children are at low risk are difficult to relate to when you are faced with your own children. No, it just means you're bad at risk assessment because literally that, that risk assessment exists every day. You know what's more dangerous than Delta to your kids? Putting your kids in the car and taking them to school. The car ride is probably more dangerous to your kids than actually sending them to school with other kids. Even school, which seemed like a hopeful and sensibly calculated risk in May, she said, now feels like an incredibly dangerous roll of the dice. To whom? To whom? So th finally they get to the stats. Okay, they say there have been just the, the, the 
American Academy of Pediatrics reported over 250,000 new coronavirus infections in children just last week. Nearly 30,000 adolescents and children were hospitalized with COVID in August. Many are unvaccinated teens and tweens or newborns to 11-year-olds who are not eligible yet for shots. 460 have died, representing 0.01% of all child cases. Let me translate that, 0.01%. 1% is 1 in 100. 0.1% is 1 in 1,000. 0.01% is 1 in 10,000. 1 in 10,000 of the people who have actually been identified as infected, which is way low because you know how many asymptomatic kids are walking around infected? A hell of a lot. So it isn't actually 1 in 10,000. It is 1 in probably 50 or 60,000 because for every one identified case, there are probably five that are unidentified. And then the Washington Post just decides to scare you with vagueness. Right, the risks of long COVID in children, which could include respiratory or cardiac problems, fatigue, brain fog, and other symptoms that can last for months or potentially years, remain a big unknown. An Israeli study, one of the first on the topic of 13,864 children published this week, found 11% of those infected had signs of long COVID. However, the Israeli health ministry emphasized that some of the children's symptoms may be due to prolonged lockdowns, school closures, and global conflict, including being locked in your basement while Hamas rockets fight rain down upon your family. Yes, it turns out that it's quite stressful for children not to be allowed to live a regular life. That it puts them in a brain fog. Also, why don't we get any com- comparable statistics? Now, la- right before Yom Kippur, I had on Scott Gottlieb, right, former FDA commissioner. I asked him about this. I asked him about masking children. And he said, well, you know, we've heard studies that suggest that there are some neurological effects to a small percentage of children. Like 2% of kids might have some long-lasting symptoms, according to British studies. And that may include some neurological effects. Okay, how about some comps from flu, for example? Because it turns out that pretty much every virus has a small percentage of people who have long-lasting effects. There's no evidence that this is wildly out of proportion with regard to Delta. So again, this is all an attempt to scare the living hell out of you based on, like they say, follow the science and then they don't follow the science and they run articles every day not following the science. By the way, new study today. This is a study from The Lancet that suggests that kids are not transmitting at the same rate as adults. Even in Delta world, few close contacts in school are testing positive. So, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, th- this is all directed at ire at your fellow human beings, ire at, your, at the people who live with you. And all you can do to drive the tyranny is bad medical misinformation. And it's, it's at this point, man, our society is sick of it accepts this sort of crap. Seriously, redistributing monoclonal antibodies not on the basis of need, but on the basis of politics is disgusting. Telling people that they ought to be far more scared than they are based on the actual risk numbers is disgusting. And the media are participating in it every day. Just as it is wrong and was always wrong to underplay risks of COVID, it is seriously wrong to wildly overplay risks of COVID, particularly for kids, to scare the living hell out of parents so that they do unreasonable things that damage their children. It's dumb and it's wrong. But that's what the Biden administration wants to do. For pure, spiteful politics. It's amazing. All the things they they accuse Trump of doing, they do themselves. It is all projection. In just a second, we'll get to the Biden's border activity because let let me just tell you what they're doing on the border right now. Similarly crazy, similarly tyrannical. We'll get to that in one second first. The Ben Shapiro Show is proud to be supported by Grand Canyon University. It's an affordable Christian university, one of the largest, fastest growing universities in the country. It's located in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. GCU is ranked top 20 for best college campuses in America. It offers over 275 engaging academic programs with over 240 online. GCU integrates the free market system with a welcoming Christian worldview perspective into its academic programs so you can put your faith into action and help transform communities. In 2020, GCU students received over $290 million in scholarships with many attending GCU for less than the cost of a state university. I've been to GCU. It is a gorgeous campus. The kids there are wonderful. They they have great classes, terrific population. You're going to love going there. If you're looking at college, you really should be checking out GCU. Find your purpose at GCU. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash my offer to see what scholarships you qualify for. Again, that's gcu.edu slash my offer and see if you qualify for some of their scholarships. Again, they give out hundreds of millions of dollars of scholarships every single year, gcu.edu slash my offer to get started. All righty, in just one second, we'll get to Joe Biden and the border because that's another disaster on his hands. One thing is obvious. Biden has made one thing incredibly clear. He's going full authoritarian. The vaccine mandate is just the beginning. Last Thursday, he announced his plan to mandate vaccines for all companies with over 100 employees or force them to test for COVID at least once a week. Many companies are actually forcing their employees to pay for the test. The Daily Wire has over 100 employees. So we are one of the companies who have been mandated by this idiotic 
federal government, we are not doing this. We are going to sue them. The minute they come down with a regulation, we'll find ourselves in court. So let me remind you, I am vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I love the vaccine. I can't say this enough because Joy Reid will just lie about me on MSNBC like she did last night on Yom Kippur. <laughs> okay, I am vaccinated. No one on planet Earth is as pro-vaccine as I am, apparently. Because I'm not only vaccinated, I believe they work and act accordingly. But here's the thing. I'm not going to get on board with a mandate that is authoritarian, especially because the vaccines work. So here at The Daily Wire, we're not doing this. For this, we could face up to a $14,000 fine for every violation. I can't think of a better reason to let the fines pile up than for opposing medical tyranny and the erasure of freedom. So we are calling on all who are listening to help us fight this obscene and tyrannical mandate. If you join us as a Daily Wire member right now, you'll be giving us the resources we need to stop this nonsense, take it all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code do not comply at checkout for 25% off. Americans have been ceding their freedoms to authoritarian bureaucrats in the name of public health over and over and over again. So it's time to stand up. Stand with us at Daily Wire and with your fellow Americans. You are listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Meanwhile, on the border, we have a continuing slow rolling crisis that has been completely ignored by the media because Kamala Harris solved it, right? I mean, we sent our wonderful vice president down to the border to laugh at it. And went away after she laughed, apparently. Or alternatively, we have thousands of people who are being held under an overpass in Texas right now. According to the Daily Wire, the Biden administration has now moved to shut down drones flying in an area along the U.S. southern border, where the administration has thousands upon thousands of migrants being held under an overpass. So it's basically like Los Angeles. Fox News reported that according to law enforcement sources, the majority of those being held under the overpass are Haitian. The report comes as the Biden administration once again suffered a catastrophic month at the border for the month of August, according to reports this week. Fox News reporter Bill Malugan tweeted, quote, we've learned that the FAA just implemented a two-week temporary flight restriction over the International Bridge in Del Rio, Texas, meaning we can no longer fly our Fox drone over it to show images of the thousands of migrants. Why? FAA says special security reason. So they don't want any pictures of the thousands of migrants who are now being housed under an overpass because of this ridiculous, derelict administration. Malugan said, quote, Fox News has been covering the border nonstop for almost seven months now. We use the drone constantly. It's never been an issue. The Border Patrol requested the temporary flight restriction due to drones interfering with law enforcement flights on the border. As with any temporary flight restriction, media is able to call the FAA to make requests to operate in the area. Earlier in the day, he had tweeted, our drone is back over the International Bridge in Del Rio. Per source, the number of migrants waiting to be processed has now swelled to 8,200. It was 4,000 yesterday, doubled in one day. Border Patrol is overwhelmed. I'm told the situation is out of control. According to Malugan, law enforcement source on the ground at the bridge this morning just sent me a video showing the situation there. I'm told a large majority of the migrants are Haitians. More are crossing into the U.S. and arriving at the bridge. By the minute, Border Patrol is limited in its manpower. So there are currently 8,000 migrants waiting to be processed. Fox News reports there were more than 20, there were more than 200,000 migrant encounters at the southern border in August. That's according to a DH source, told Fox News on Wednesday, the second month in a row where the number has been over the 200,000 mark as migrants continue to attempt to enter the United States. Additionally, the 209,000 number for August represents a 317% increase over last August 2020, which saw 50,000 encounters. So that is a rather large increase. Chad Wolf, the former DHS secretary, slammed the administration saying Biden's failed Border Patrol policies are simply unsustainable, which of course is true. They basically opened the door and said, come right in, and then occasionally said, well, you might want to slow that down, uh, and it's not working. So Joe Biden has a solution for all this, and that is just continue spending the money. So we've had some pretty significant inflation. I've been less worried about the inflation all along, and I've said this on the show many times, than I have about the stagnation that is likely to follow the inflation. What happens when the federal government is trying to shovel money out the door not only via direct stimulus, but via zero interest rates or negative interest rates, and nobody's taking the loans. What happens then? What happens if the demand is not pressed forward because there is no new product being developed because of all the regulations and restrictions being put on businesses and the taxes being put on businesses? What happens then? And that's the real question. Joe Biden, however, has an idiotic idea, and that is if he tosses more money into the economy, somehow this will stop inflation, which must make sense in his adult brain. My Republican friends talk a lot about inflation. But if you want to talk about actually lowering the cost of living for people in this country, my plan does just that. By strengthening the capacity of our economy, while also reduce inflationary pressures over the long run. Oh, it's going to reduce inflation. 
Amazing. Well, throwing money at things reduces inflation. Who knew? Who knew? This is, a, this is a new idea of how inflation gets reduced when literally the definition of inflation is too many dollars following too little product. And then Joe Biden says, you know what? This is fiscally responsible. Yes, nothing says fiscal responsibility quite like blowing out the spending in the middle of an inflationary cycle in the middle of a natural economic recovery because of the greatest artificial shock to an economy in the history of the world. Here's Joe Biden. Fiscal responsibility, like everything he says, just think the opposite. And you're pretty much on target. My plan is paid for. It's fiscally responsible because our investments are paid for by making sure that corporations, wealthy Americans pay their fair share. Second, we're not going to raise taxes on anyone making under $400,000. That's a lot of money. Some of my liberal friends are saying it should be lower than that. But only corporations and people making over $400,000 a year are going to pay any additional tax. Okay, that's a lie. He's not telling you the truth. He has a bunch of tobacco taxes in there. Also, when you tax corporations, what do they do? They lower salary to compensate. They raise prices to compensate. Direct taxation is not the only way to raise taxes on people and force them to pay more money. His uh, approval rating, not coincidentally, is now at the lowest point of his presidency. That, of course, is not a great shock. 50% disapproving, 44% approving. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you may have noticed we're experiencing a ton of global instability as primary season continues. How are you protecting your family in the midst of all of this chaos and nonsense? The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political and economic upheaval, dating all the way back to biblical times. That, of course, would be gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out, balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Smart investors diversify. And when you look at the pace of inflation over the past several years, you can see financial instability is the new way of the world. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898 and talk to my friends over at Birch Gold. Okay, so let's talk about that. Why is Joe Biden's approval rating in the toilet? Well, it's in the toilet because, again, we were promised two things, a dead president and a president who is not going to do a lot of things. We thought those were the same thing. Wrong. It turns out that the president being not alive and the president doing things are actually not mutually exclusive. You can have a dead president who does a lot of stuff, as it turns out. He is pushing an unsustainable policy that is rooted, again, in radical leftist groupthink. The key is he's not talking about economic growth. Right? He doesn't care about economic growth. He's talking openly about, quote unquote, fairness. Whenever the left says fairness, understand that their fairness comes at real cost to somebody. If they're talking about vaccine equity, they're talking about somebody dying who shouldn't have to die because their notions of fairness ought to trump that person's life. When they talk about tax equity, they don't mean that you should pay a percentage of your income equivalent to your percentage of, of the income that you make on a global basis. They don't mean that. They don't mean that you should pay a flat rate across because that's what percentages are. They are flat rates. Yeah, they, you know, they don't mean that. When they say fairness, what they actually mean is they don't care if they kill the economy so long as they get to go after people they don't like. They get to go after the rich and eat the rich. That's all they care about. As someone aptly pointed out after the irrepressible, incredible, incomparable, so fresh, so face, AOC or a dress reading tax the rich to the Met Gala, you'll notice that her dress didn't read help the poor. Correct. It is all about spite for the rich. It's all about if you earn a lot of money in this country, there's a group of people who hate your guts, unless you're a big celebrity who pats them on the head and tells them what a wonderful person they are. In that way, you can earn your way out of the ire of people like AOC and you can hobnob with her and take some pictures. It's pretty great. But it really is about spite. Fairness for the left means spite for the radical left. It does not mean economic growth. It does not mean any articulable principle of, of actual equality. It just means spite. So here's Joe Biden being spiteful. He says, I need to raise taxes on billionaires because billionaires are making too much money. And in the process, you'll see he conflates two forms of money-making, income and wealth. These are not the same thing. Here he is conflating them. CEOs used to make about 20 times the average worker in the company that they ran. Today, they make more than 350 times what the average worker in their corporation makes. <clears throat> Since the pandemic began, billionaires have seen their wealth go up by $1.8 trillion. That is, everyone who was a billionaire before the pandemic began 
the total accumulated wealth beyond the billions they already had has gone up by $1.8 trillion. Simply not fair. Okay, well, um, actually, when he says simply not fair, I don't know what his alternative is. So if you want to say simply not fair for, for big companies to be worth more money, then maybe you shouldn't have shut down the entire damned economy on behalf of the wealthy. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. See, I can tell you what's particularly inequitable about what Joe Biden has done policy-wise, and that is he is currently putting mandates on all businesses above 100 employees, which is a lot of mid-sized and, sm and fairly small businesses, for the benefit of giant businesses who are all perfectly happy with Joe Biden. They're all perfectly overjoyed with Joe Biden for doing this. And Joe Biden is happy with regulatory capture on behalf of giant corporations that then donate money to him. He's taken half of the small businesses in the country off the table. Blue state governors continue to do so on behalf of giant companies that can absorb some cost in order to knock their competitors out of the business. So if you want to talk about inequitable distribution, you might want to talk about regulation that is specifically designed to help the biggest players while killing the people in the middle. But that's not what he's talking about. He's saying that whatever company exists at the top, whether it is justified or not, that company being wealthier needs to pay more taxes. Okay, wealth is not income. If you own a house in the United States today, you are wealthier than you were two years ago. Now, you might be unemployed now and you weren't unemployed two years ago. So long as you've been paying that mortgage and you still own your house, you're wealthier because the real estate prices went up. Should you pay taxes on that? Nope, you should not because you did not realize the gain. The difference between wealth and income is constantly being elided by Democrats. They'll say things like, well, you know, that person has a lot of wealth. This is what Elizabeth Warren does. She has a, this person has a lot of wealth. It's a lot of, like Mark Zuckerberg, that dude is worth $100 billion. Okay, when you say worth $100 billion, you mean he owns, at the currently valued stock price, $100 billion of Facebook stock. Now, is he liquid? Has he realized the purchase price of that stock? The answer is no, because the minute, let's say that Mark Zuckerberg decided I'm selling all my stock in Facebook, that stock would not be worth $100 billion because his mere selling of his stock would tank the stock. Okay, pretending that wealth and income are the same thing is idiotic. As I mentioned, you might be very wealthy by Elizabeth Warren's standards because you're worth hundreds of thousands of dollars because you own a house. Have you sold the house? Have you taken out money against the house? If not, you're not realizing the value of the house, are you? The same thing is true in the stock market. If you haven't sold your stock, you've not realized the gain or loss. And yet this is the game that Joe Biden wants to play for fairness purposes. And when he says that CEOs are now earning so much more than employees, yes, because they run much larger companies than they did 20, 30 years ago. It turns out that the people who are making policy for thousands of employees tend to earn proportionally a lot more than people who are making policy for four employees. That is not a shock. That is because they are charged with making sure that all of those people get paid. It's a much larger job requiring much larger decisions that impact many, many more people. But again, none of this matters. The world of economic reality makes no difference to, to Joe Biden. It is completely useless. By the way, when he talks about CEO pay, very often he's not talking about yearly salary. Many of the CEOs take $1 salaries. He's talking about things like stock options. He's talking about things like parachute plans. And these are all ways that you woo CEOs. None of this is fiscally responsible. All of it is simple pandering. So it is no shock that you are seeing quote unquote moderate senators like Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema basically being like, nope, we're not doing any of this crap. According to the Washington Post, Senate Democrats were riding high on the afternoon of July 28th. A long delayed bipartisan infrastructure package had finally come together, with many senators eager to finish that bill and move forward with a multi-trillion dollar piece of economic, climate, and social legislation, President Biden's signature Build Back Better plan. But one senator, Senator Kristen Sinema, punctured the gleeful atmosphere with a warning shot. While Democratic members of the Senate Budget Committee may have agreed on the size of the second bill, she had not. She said, I don't support a bill that costs $3.5 trillion. Sinema said in a statement, that struck some of her fellow Democrats as poorly timed. Oh no, it was well-timed. She was saying the only way we're getting the infrastructure package is if you shrink this other package over here. And meanwhile, the progressives are like, we don't like that, so we're not gonna do it. Cinema has stayed silent on all of this. Manchin has been out front taking the bullets. Manchin's been saying, no, I'm not going along with this $3.5 trillion plan. And this is all getting wrapped up into tax debate as well because Cinema and Manchin are not on board with these massive tax increases. That would make our corporate tax rate higher than China's. Meanwhile, the Democrats are facing a bit of a deadline here. Again, you wonder why Joe Biden is failing because he's failing on every front. There is not a front on which Joe Biden is succeeding right now. Not one. It's why he's getting desperate. It's why he's blaming his fellow Americans. 
It's why he's blaming Americans left in Afghanistan for being left in Afghanistan. It's why he's blaming the unvaccinated for his own failure to simply say to people, once you're vaccinated, go out and live your life, which is a very easy thing to say. And he's failing when it comes to his fiscal policy. Right now, Democrats have a world of hurt on their hands because the debt ceiling debate is about to happen. They have the votes to pass the debt ceiling, but they're not going to, and they're going to try and blame Republicans for it. It's not going to work because they have a majority in the Senate, a majority in the House. According to Politico, Democrats are taking their first concrete steps to avert a government shutdown in two weeks, even as they struggle to wrangle a master plan for handling multiple fiscal cliffs ahead. President Joe Biden held a joint call with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on Thursday afternoon, while top Democrats mull their options for handling both the September 30th funding deadline and the impending debt cliff. The House Rules Committee is scheduled to meet Tuesday to tee up the stopgap spending bill for a floor vote next week. Text of that funding measure has not been released. The patch is likely to keep government agencies open into December, setting up another critical funding deadline ahead of the holidays. Top lawmakers are leaning toward December 10th for the end date, but have also left left open December 3rd as a possibility. Meanwhile, majority party leaders are deciding whether to pair the must-pass funding package to avoid a shutdown with a measure to tackle the approaching debt cliff. Republicans say we're going to reject this. I will allow you to continue paying the bills for now, but we're not going to raise the debt ceiling for you. A bill that addresses both fiscal threats would likely pass the House, but the odds are highly questionable in the Senate, where all but four GOP lawmakers have promised to vote against raising the debt limit. The premise that Republicans are not going to vote in any way, shape, or form, or fashion for a debt limit increase is the correct premise. That's not happening. Democrats would be remiss to pass the funding bill without debt limit action, since the Treasury Department is expected to run out of borrowing ability sometime next month, a breaking point likely to trigger economic turmoil. Majority party leaders can maximize their leverage over Republicans by coupling the issues, forcing GOP lawmakers to either fall in line or go on record against billions of dollars in disaster aid, preventing a government shutdown and avoiding debt default. So Republicans are saying, listen, we're not raising the debt limit just so that you guys can blow out the spending some more. We're not going to do that. So Democrats are like, okay, fine. What we'll do is we'll pass one bill. It includes a bunch of government spending you guys want and increasing the debt limit. And Republicans are like, fine, do it. We'll just vote against it. Ben Cardin says the debt limit is something we should do almost automatically. Any opportunity we have to pass it, the sooner the better. Wherever we can get a bill in, I hope we can get the debt limit ceiling, the debt ceiling included in it. Earlier this week, some Senate Republicans indicated a willingness to support a stopgap bill, including billions of bucks in hurricane and flood relief requested by Biden. But any measure to raise or suspend the debt limit must be left off, said GOP lawmakers, insisting the Democrats handle this issue alone, since the majority party is pursuing multi-trillion dollar spending plans without Republican support. So in other words, we're not going to raise the debt limit just so you guys can ram through a giant $3.5 trillion package. Senator Chuck Grassley, he said he's not going to support a continuing resolution this way. He says the debt limit is all justifying they're robbing the bank to spend a whole bunch of new social to to spend a whole bunch of new social programs that are going to feed the fires of inflation. So Democrats are basically left with a choice. Do they go for Joe Biden's three point five trillion dollar plan and not get the debt limit increase because they don't have the 60 votes necessary to move past the filibuster? Or do they kill Joe Biden's signature spending bill, which, by the way, doesn't even have Democratic support? Mansion and cinema aren't on board. There's, it's no re- there's a reason why Joe Biden's ratings are down, and you can sense the media starting to get itchy. NBC's Kelly O'Donnell actually had the temerity to ask the White House why Joe Biden coughs so much yesterday. Here was that. We've seen him on many occasions where he has a repeated cough. What is the situation with that cough, and is that a concern? I don't think it's an issue of concern. I think uh, there are a range of reasons why we may need to clear our throat or we may have a little light cold. uh, And that's certainly something that presidents, elected officials, reporters, uh, spokespeople uh, can confront. But it's not an area where we have a medical concern. And the fact that people are asking, that is just a, a cover for the fact that people on the left in the media, they are sensing this guy is is toast. He's got a real problem on his hands. Joe Biden does not have a floor. He only has a ceiling. Obama had a floor and a ceiling. Trump had a floor and a ceiling. Joe Biden has a ceiling in terms of approval rating, but no floor. That's a real problem for them, and they know it. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. First, you cannot forget to end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's show is every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. Head on over to dailywire.com at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. 
Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright, Daily Wire 2021. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Claven. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.